here this morning. Uh, and I'm going to uh, offer an invitation uh, for us to learn more about Church of the Common Ground. But I first want to introduce the people uh, seated here. It's a bit like the Oprah Winfrey show, except that she's better than me by a long way. Uh, but I want you to feel at home. There's a very friendly, very friendly crowd here. So we have, uh, there's been some interesting conversation about whether there's something wrong with my uh, ecclesiastical sort of standing that I'm only reverend, my wife is now very reverend, am I behind the curve in some way? Um, <laughs> But it's an honor for me to, uh, not, welcome's not really the word because this is um, uh, Monica's uh, kind of moonlighter in a way, but she's Kazaron Church, a church of the common ground. That's what we're here for this morning. And also this is also your church family, uh, the very reverend, no less, Monica Mannering, who is vicar of the Church of the Common Ground and dean of the Mid-Atlantic Convocation. We're glad you're here every Sunday, but we're glad today. And we're particularly glad that there are two parishioners from Church of the Common Ground. Um, we've got Diane Gamble. And, and Diane, you've been uh, with Church of the Common Ground since about, I think we, you said maybe 2000 and 2010. Okay, so a good period of time. And we've got Waddell Stanley, who is a native Atlantan um, and has also been with Church of the Common Ground for a good many years. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, we'll offer them a warm round of applause and then we'll begin. So I'm going to just ask some questions to get us going, but I, I do encourage you to, to ask questions about this ministry, which is um, unique in our diocese. Um, it has some sister uh, congregations across the Episcopal Church and beyond the Episcopal Church, uh, but it has its own story. So I wonder if I could invite, and I'll let you be in charge, not for the first time in our lives, Monica, but let you be in charge of... <laughs> of how you want to share the story of Church of the Common Ground, if you wanted to share that between you. Sure. Church of the Common Ground predates me by quite a bit, and actually Diane and Waddell were some of its earliest members. Ch uh, Church of the Common Ground, for a time, had a storefront operation, a, a bit of a... Uh, inside space on Trinity across from the Atlanta Recovery Center. It's near to Gateway Shelter. I think we're having some audio issues. <coughs> Um, it began 12 years ago in that space and uh, under Bob and Holly Book. Bob Book, who now is the chaplain at Covenant Community here, um, had a vision for this ministry for people who call the streets their home. And it was quite intentional about gathering people for the, thing, like the likes of AA and NA meetings. There was, um, at the time, a clothing closet, a foot clinic. Uh, a bit of a drop-in type shelter for, for uh, different seasons of time, but always worship outside. And some people ask me, why outside, particularly as it's getting cold and it will get colder still? Um, there are many people calling the streets their home who won't move inside um, or who gather all of their worldly items with them, and so there's many bags and there's stuff. Sometimes people are cognizant that they haven't gotten a shower in a bit of time. Um, because they don't have a home. And so outside is a space that's comfortable for all. Uh, it's also a space that people can come into without a lot of rules. You might know that all of our social services and all of our um, uh, housing agencies have rules about um, sobriety, um, being uh, not drunk and not high, um, perhaps being 
well medicated and so not under psychosis of any sort. And that precludes a large number of people who live downtown. And so uh, outside, we can say, everybody come all of the time. And that seems to work well for our community, even in instances like those of you who were part of 9 a.m. this morning experience, when people come needing very much to say something and say something loud. Sometimes people come angry. Sometimes there might be a threat of violence. But outside seems to be our gift, because there's always space for people to walk away or for us to walk away, if need be. Um, Bob and Holly Burke were uh, in this ministry for a good several years, and then my predecessor, Mary Wetzel, um, served for seven years, and at that time, the ministry went entirely outside, so that storefront shop on Trinity closed down, and we've been doing our morning prayers a couple days a week just outside by the Capitol, our Bible study outside in Woodruff Park, um, our foot clinic outside right now in St. Luke's Park, um, and lots of our gatherings for formation and fellowship take place outside. Diane and Waddell both encountered the ministry when it had momentarily <laughs> been inside, and I want to invite them to share their story of how they came to know Church of the Common Ground and what situation they were in life when they um, encountered this church. Hi, everyone. Hi, Diane. When I first started coming, God, I had moved here in 2007, but I didn't know nothing about Woodrow Park until 2010 when Mary was the presiding vicar. And I went one Sunday, I went because they were giving out food. I'm just gonna <laughs> be honest. That's where I went the first time. The second time I went, I suddenly listened to the word. And for the first time, out of being raised in church, I heard the word clearly. She explained how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to help one another, not look down on each other. If you can't help someone, if you got to look down on that person, how are you going to help them? And I kept coming back. And then when Monica came, she explained it a little bit more better. And it, it seemed like now since she's been the vicar, a lot of more people have been coming and listening to the word and getting to fully understand of what it really means. And what common ground means to me is that it shows me love. It don't look at me as though I'm an outsider, um, less than. It makes me feel home, at home, makes me feel complete. And it shows me how God love, loves me. That's what I get out of common ground. Thank you, Diane. To give Waddell an opportunity to share as well how you came to Common Ground and what it's Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I'm sorry. My story is long, but I, I can shorten it down. <laughs> uh, when I came to Common Ground, I had put myself in a position that I had made a mistake. And I was looking for some kind of salvation or some kind of assurance that I wasn't really lost. I was, this is my home, I was raised here. But one day I was hungry, and I stopped by Woodrow Park and I fell asleep. And I woke up and there was these people here, and the lady asked me, she said, this is common ground, would you like to join us? And I said, yes, yeah. I'd, I'd be glad to. But I knew they had something to eat. So at the end of the church service, 
The lady came by and she wanted to pray with me. Her name was Pastor Mandy. And she asked me what was my problem and what did I need to ask the Lord for. And I told her. And she prayed with me. And uh, the next day, the very next day, my prayers were answered. I was so excited and flabbergasted by that. I went back to see this pastor the next Sunday. And I told her what had happened. And she was so overjoyed. And I was, I've been going to come around ever since. After I found my place, I uh, stayed gone for a while. Periodically, I go back and see it. But this last time I got sidetracked side in life, I went back and she was gone. And I met Pastor Monica. They said she, Pastor May was ill and she said she had to go home and stay. She was not going to come back. So I haven't seen her in a while. But I've come to know Pastor Monica. And she has the same quality. She prayed for me. And but behold, and before I knew it, I had me another place to stay. <laughs> it seems like every time I go to common ground, I get a blessing. <laughs> I get a blessing. And it makes me so happy to be there. I haven't been this time in a while, maybe two months, three months, because I had a medical problem. And I've been anxious and grabbing at times to come back to see Pastor Monica. My reason for being in that position, being common ground, because I had family problems. And sometimes you have to walk away, even, you know, just to keep the peace. And in my case, keep out of jail. So I just walked away, and I found common ground. And that's how I know common ground. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. And it's a joy to be with We also took a, a, a mission trip to Cornelia Farms. Cornelia Farms, and it was a it was an amazing experience. I wish we could have stayed an extra day. <laughs> We had they had nice food, nice candy, you know, a bookstore. They gave us books to take back home with us. You know, and they taught us. They teach about Jesus also, and you can see the love of God in, in them people. There is a farm there, and called Amer in America's Georgia, and I enjoyed myself. And I hope we can go back again. So if you've had an opportunity uh, to go down to Woodruff Park at one o'clock on a Sunday, you'd see Church of the Common Ground being the church in that place. And I've had an opportunity to, to go at that time, but also to, to lead and be led in Bible study uh, during Lent. I'm curious about um, Woodruff Park is in the middle of the city, it's downtown Atlanta, and there's a lot of people um, on their way to lots of different things. Um, some of them are visiting the city, some of them are working right there, some are studying there at Georgia State. In your experience, how has the city around you shared common ground with your church community? 
Well, I guess you could say they passes by, they see us out there talking about the love of Jesus. Some people will stop by and want to listen a little bit, just walk by and look. You know, but if you if you're not too busy, and we be there every Sunday at one o'clock, just come by and share the experience with us. We'd be glad to have you. We we often see um, tourists uh, who will stay, and I, I think like the opportunity to have mass in the middle of their day before they're at the Coca-Cola Museum or whatnot. Um, and what I observe is that. Um, whereas there are different parts of Woodruff Park where people are hanging out and there's, there's quite a few people who are calling the streets their home that occupy that space. There are different ends of the park where there might be more drug dealing or more music playing or kind of there's the chess playing, which also happens to be the place where everyone argues quite a bit. Um, where we are on the north side of Auburn, when we gather for worship in that particular kind of sacred space, we, we begin service by saying, um, brothers and sisters in Christ, I have good news. God is here. God is right here with us. And this is holy ground. And I always feel that whoever proclaims that is kind of marking out that space and that time as sacred. And so if there's these passers-by um, and lots of sirens and all, all that happens um, that make some acoustic challenges, um, who I think feel like they're watching something holy happen. And so we watch kind of attraction happen and people come and maybe stand on the periphery or stand a little bit closer. This is both housed people who find this all very novel and unhoused people who might be suspicious of yet another group coming and having sandwiches or, ha or having a good word from the Lord. And what kind of word is that going to be? A condemning word or a word of forgiveness and grace and welcome. And so... Um, we, we find more and more this engagement in the city. We've been out for things like, um, you know, the imposition of ashes. And I, I, as a priest, love the privilege of um, imposing ashes on a Georgia State student, and then on a business person who's one, from one of the tall buildings, and then on a homeless person, and kind of in that order again and again and again. There's some fluidity to um, the community that uses that park. Um, and so it's a privilege to be in that space for worship. One more question I'd like to then open up to the floor. And the, the other question is how the mission of Church of the Common Ground as a worshiping community, primarily as a church community, um, how its mission also um, interacts with um, this city and the, the range of um, provision and also maybe the, 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 the missing pieces in provision and the continuum of care, um, or just gen more generally with the city or with the police department. How is the, is the Church of the Common Ground's mission, how are you seeing it most interact with the city in that regard? Sure. Is that a question you want me to answer? Or? All right. <laughs> I want to make sure. Uh, we've got experts in the room too, because Diane and Waddell, I think, both know that there are many, many resources and social service agencies that they might go to for help when it's been help with housing um, or food or uh, any number of, of things, sobriety and, and such. Um, so we're a great referral source, um, and I spend quite a bit of time cultivating relationships with people who can do some of that social service agency work. Sometimes people approach me and say, yes, but what do you do? You worship, and, and what do you do for the people? <laughs> and I say, well, we're church. 
um, in the similar way that church is church for y'all. It's not probably the place where you get your housing or your food. You go to shops for those kinds of things or the bank or whatnot. And so we really um, have been honing in on doing church well and being uh, really uniquely an only church. Diana and Waddell have been talking about food got them there the first time. I will say that we do have sandwiches, and that's because uh, when we gather for worship and for Bible study, um, because homelessness is a full-time job, and if you pause to worship for two or three hours, you are not in the food lines across town, and you will not get lunch or dinner. And so we provide food kind of as a placeholder. Central Atlanta Progress has agreed to be a great partner with us and allows that to happen. Some of you may have heard about last November, pastors like myself were being arrested for handing out food at Hurt Park and Woodruff Park and elsewhere because um, there's a number of complicating factors about the delivery of food, making sure food is safe and going to be healthy and not contaminated and such and such. Um, it produces some waste. Church of the Common Ground, Diana and Waddell are um, strong members who know that we clean up actually before we worship, the space is not always very clean, and then again after we worship. So um, we are in the good graces of the city for our partnership in that regard. We are in regular conversation with all the agencies that have stuff to give out, like a bunch of coats, winter is coming. Um, if you would like to give me all your coats, I'll say thank you so much. I'll make sure they're put to good use, and I usually will back my van right up to Crossroads and donate all the coats, and then they give all the coats out. That's because they have space, and they have um, an organization and a distribution like system that works for them, and we don't. Imagine you give me 30 coats, I have 70 people who are cold at worship, you give me female coats, I have mostly male, we open the back of the van, who, why does Diane get a coat and Waddell not, or the other way around? So we kind of stay out of that business of distribution and whatnot, but we make a lot of referrals. You might know that Atlanta's fairly organized about homelessness and about seeing homeless people housed. So there's something called the continuum of care, everybody gets in the system, um, the idea is that you will get housed, you kind of get in the queue, we know your profile, are you a veteran, are you HIV positive, have you survived domestic violence, what is your mental health status, are you on disability, and there's kind of a whole system that shakes that out. The reality is that 94% of Atlanta's population of homeless people are African American and male. There's 3,000 people on any given night out on the streets sleeping rough. There's about 7,000 people kind of in and out of chronic homelessness. But of those 3,000, um, we're, we're wanting everyone to get housed and get in the system. Again, the, the harsh reality is that there's about 800 beds uh, that we can get people into. So do the math. Not everyone's getting a bed. Not everyone's getting help or the services they need. When winter comes in, and it felt this morning to me as a Californian, like it rolled in right this morning, um, we'll have some open up rec centers and whatnot. So Church of the Common Ground serves as a church who cares for its people. We'll put that up on Facebook. I'll make some phone calls. Sometimes we round people, make sure that everyone's tended to and cared for, but we don't have, again, a space um, to invite people to come. So again, the referrals are really important to our ministry. I wonder if uh, you have some questions here in, in the room. I'd love to give you a chance to ask. Thank you, Diane and Waddell and Monica. That's fantastic, and it's great to learn more about it. 
I mean, how can we help and show the love, recognizing that so many resources that might be donated actually are then passed along? Is there something we can do directly? Yeah. By showing up. By showing up and showing that you care. Because a lot of agencies out there that claim that they care, but when you go there for their services, it's, they show their actions show different. And I also used to be homeless in Atlanta. When I first moved here, I moved to Gateway. I was homeless. Then I actually got put on the street. I stayed a month and a half, and I told God I can't do this. Homeless was not for me. But I thank God that I got a place. And I also helped Waddell move in with me because he didn't have nowhere to go, and they told me to stay with me. And, you know, it's one thing I like about Common Ground, they don't discriminate. They help the homeless. They give you, re they give you, if they don't have the resources to help you, they give you other resources to go to to get help. And that's what I like about Common Ground. They, they take time with you, not only get to know you, but to know what your needs are. If they can't help you, they'll pray for you. Sometimes a prayer can go a long way than handing me a coat. Because I, I can give you my coat, that doesn't mean I want to help you. But if I show you that I want to pray for you, I'm showing that I do care about care about you in some way or another. Did you want to say anything? Um, I'm kind of a melancholy guy. I'm, I'm I go to church. I do things, but I don't express my feelings too well. Um, I've been homeless off and on for the last 15, 20 years. And there are people, there are organizations out here that will help you. And some will send you through a whole lot of roundabout stuff. They'll, they'll tell you to go here, go here. You know, they just send you all the way around the block. And it's kind of aggravating. And uh, I, tell, I tell them sometimes, why don't y'all have a direct communication line? You, you have to send me over here. I have to make a phone call here. And I got to go back over here to talk to somebody. What's all with this? You know, I'm trying to get some help. And you're sending me all across the city. And you're not helping me. You're hindering me. So I wish we were somewhere that we can go somewhere and, and find a direct help line. Somebody that's going to directly help you right there instead of sending you across or down this street, over that street. And, you know, make a few phone calls. It's just a waste of time. But I've always managed to get out the streets. I always managed. I might stay maybe a month, two months, and, and I get, I go get out. I stayed at Central for five years, off and on. I stayed at uh, Peachtree Pine for two years, off and on. And that's the most terrible place I ever stayed in in my life. I never, I, I wish they had to blow that building up to tell the truth. But uh, they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So, from my perspective, there's people out here helping. And I, I'm grateful for them. Because some of them helped me. But some of them just send you all the way around the state. And it's, it's, it's inconvenient. It's very inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And I wish it was place that you wouldn't have to go through all that. Somebody said, well, have a seat. We'll be right with you. And in maybe an hour, maybe two hours, you come back and help me with what I need. 
instead of sending me out to, oh, you got to here, take this paper and go down here. You need your phone number, call you. I don't need all that. So I wish it's a place that you just go and somebody help you and supplies. I can read. I'm patient. But it ain't, I don't think it's worth the trouble. I appreciate that, Waddell, you brought that up because um, from, from my vantage point, people are spinning their wheels quite a bit. Uh, interestingly, good organizations are spinning their wheels quite a bit, too. Um, <coughs> there are a number of um, organizations, we're all kind of grant funded. We're all searching for money all of the time. And then once you get your grant, you're locked in to help this particular person. I joke that, you know, oh, this organization over here, they can help you if you are a veteran, HIV positive, have one foot, three eyes, and a green pile of hair coming out of your neck. Then they'll help you. You know, th 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 that the profile is very, very specific, very bizarre sometimes, and restrictive. And so sometimes people can't find the help they need. To, to your question, Brandon, which I appreciate, um, Diane gave the prophetic and correct answer, and it was beautiful. Um, come and be with us. Uh, we're a church. Uh, there are big global problems to ha solve about poverty. There are Atlanta's homelessness crisis to solve. We, however, are a church, and we want you to come and see people in a new light. We want you to come and engage. Come and don't judge, but be alongside, just as Diane invited you to be. Um, I'll answer that question. I want your money. <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, I want everyone's money because for, for, for us to come and be, I, I recognize that um, many have busy lives, and so we actually really rely on our supporters of this ministry so that I can employ more staff to go and be the street outreach workers that we need. The city has kind of clued into this and said, let's fund more street outreach workers. So right now, a bunch of different agencies, United Way has a street to home, street outreach worker, and Partners for Home has their street outreach, Mercy Care has it. So we have some people walking different streets, sometimes duplicating efforts and sometimes not reaching certain streets at all. So this is why I referenced in my sermon, I've been taking these walks with people to, to show them, look, I don't think we're touching this or this or this or these people or these people. Um, many organizations have approached us about employing their street workers, their social workers, to shadow us, to, to be with our church. And I am very, very protective of our church, and I said, yes, I think so, but like 20 yards away. So that when people come to Church of the Common Ground, they do not think that they have to be on a, a trajectory, a linear trajectory towards getting better and doing better, just as any one of us perhaps have spent some time in depression or abusing substances or any number of things that may not be good for people but aren't solved in a day. Um, and the presumption that every time we encounter someone who's in need or in poverty or who's homeless, that they want to get better in a day um, is a little bit removed from reality. And so we're a space, a safe space where we welcome all, and it's really important that we have, if I have some more employees to do this good work, thus the money, um, but that you all might come down, and, and folks from All Saints have come a couple times in this last year, and I know are on tap um, in January and again in Feb or December and again in February to come. So you can come with an All Saints group if you'd like and visit the ministry. We're almost at time. We had a lot of babies this morning, which is a good thing, but Laura, would you like to? Hi, I just wanted to be more specific about what what El was saying because I work for a large social services agency and in order to get help through any of the state funded 
uh, Department of De Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities funds a lot of the community services. The homeless person has to get legal identification, you know, like most of us have a driver's license. Well, they don't. They need to have a verification of their social security number. They even need to go down to the Department of Labor and get a statement saying that they haven't made any money. So, I mean, but they need to have somebody help them through that. And so I, I, I completely understand what you're saying about needing the money to have people be navigators for, for you know, just, and, and it's true, we have housing specifically for people with HIV, specifically for veterans. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, it, they, nobody, none of us even sitting in our comfortable home with high-speed internet access could probably navigate the system. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, we really need to have the support of, of people to, you know, uh, it, it, the, the Medicaid rates are so low that every time somebody helps someone through the state-funded uh, system, the, the they lose money. I mean, you know, so so they need they need help. So yeah, I'm just kind of being more specific, understanding that about like going, having to go down to the Department of Labor just to prove that you didn't make any money, <laughs> you know. So anyway, I, I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you. Probably have time for. Ooh, well, we'll see. Maybe one really mini question with a mini answer. If there is somebody that really, Sarah wants to, Sarah's gonna bring us home. Very mini. Uh, do you have church just on Sunday? We gather as church as often as we can. On Sunday, every Sunday, at one we gather at noon for coffee hour and at one for worship um, in Woodruff Park. On Monday and Wednesday, we have morning prayer. So we're church, but we're in front, uh, just across from the Capitol on the grounds of central outreach because there is a rule that you cannot stand still with bags on state property. And so the Capitol Park is off limits to us. Um, on Wednesday afternoons, we gather for Bible study. On Tuesday, we have a foot clinic washing the feet of people who have trudged all over the city to get um, said documentation and identification. So we're church throughout the week. We have a theology from the Margin Certificate Program. I brought some newsletters, um, and they're just back here um, behind Dory um, from past months that kind of, we, we put out a newsletter each month. They're, they're for our community. They're by our community. Um, people like to see their pictures in print and stories of what's going on in the ministry, but that also serves as information for you all. So I encourage you to grab some of that material and to stay connected with us. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on the website. You can sign up to receive our newsletters. I promise it's just one email a month. Um, but we invite you to stay connected and to come engage. I would welcome the opportunity again to speak about some of the um, macro level problems related to um, people experiencing homelessness. And I think it's important. And I'm so glad that the Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta and all the churches therein support this ministry. Um, because if we're not there, and we don't see, and we don't know. Well, um, Diane Waddell and Monica, thank you so much for being with us this morning.